The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he was 28, and now, roll time. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it. Weekend edition is here. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt. Connor Clark and uh, Tim Bob Kitzmiller is here. We are here. Is the single barrel and the wafting smell of incredible breakfast buffet is just off to my left. The uh, uh, French toast casserole is legendary. And uh, if you're hungry, if you're gearing up for spring football 2022, uh, we invite you down here to the single barrel weekend edition. Hail Varsity Radio on the road. And uh, we've got a loaded program for you. Uh, 9.30 to 11.30, we're down here. The uh, brunch goes, the breakfast brunch buffet goes till 11. And then uh, we can all waddle over to uh, 10th and Vine. Going to be a good day. Uh, guess what? The wind gusts are below 400 miles per hour. Thank goodness. <laughs> Bill Bush might be kind of cringing a bit. He wanted to see his special teams units perform in <laughs> in uh, inclement conditions but uh, no in all seriousness sunshine uh, great spring day for spring football 2022 on the way into town or uh, milling around town can give us a shout numbers to get in with hail varsity radio 466-3776-466-377-800-825-5865 can email the show chris at hailvarsity.com find and follow us on twitter at schmidt underscore Radio uh, is Chris Schmidt. That's me. Connor Clark back in studio. Hat is on backwards. He is serious at C underscore Clark underscore 27. Either Connor had a great night or he's just a Gatorade guy by uh, default uh, as he's he's hammering the, uh, the electrolytes. Tim, Bob, what do you know, man? You got your eye black on. You're ready to go block and tackle. Ready to go, man. Ready to put on my hitting britches and go hit somebody, man. It's it's spring football and, and beautiful day. Gosh, we needed one. Yeah, it's been a while. Connor, you're uh, geared up. You were at the uh, spring game last year, I, I believe, and now as a student you're here. And, you know, as as we lead up and, and kind of sift through the storylines of spring football, you know, we look at the offensive line, the defensive line, the quarterbacks, the, uh, the secondary, uh, the new coaches, the crowd size, and then – Connor, the showcase this weekend is shifted. It's always about practice and health, but it's turned into a, a big-time showcase recruiting-wise. Well, yeah, I think that's the biggest factor, really, when you look at it going into the spring game because we had this discussion about, okay, how many fans are going to show up and all that stuff. And it's a, it's a great, I don't want to say excuse, but it's a good reason to have a, a great Saturday and everybody gets out and everything, and that's all great. But really, when it comes down to it, this is – 
representing and showing off your university to these recruits and a little bit of money there too but that's it's really important day for Nebraska to try and kind of get that final tipping point to these recruits who are going to be here today and really show them what Nebraska is all about when it comes to football. Well, there's a few folks here that are on their way into town or are staying here at the Graduate, having breakfast here at the Single Barrel, and uh, it is 100-plus prospective uh, student-athletes that uh, will get a chance to, to get the tour. Kevin chimes in on Facebook talking to any recruits. Kevin, we are... Working on that, got a really talented offensive lineman uh, finishing up his eggs across the way that may find his, uh, may mosey on over uh, on set. So fingers crossed for that. But uh, today, when it comes to on-field performance, it'll be interesting to see just how things shake out uh, in in the format, right? The format is going to be offense versus defense. It's not red versus white. uh, And that's all right. It's going to see. We're going to see uh, Nebraska's defensive line and where they're at, led by Ty Robinson and a host of guys that, at one time in their career, were high-profile recruits. And then they've been guys grinding away, trying to get the uh, the defense down, and then step up with some opportunity. Nebraska's lost a ton uh, when it comes to uh, that defensive line. But they not have, just, but they just, have talent that is uh, on the way getting seasoned. Well, I was going to say not just talent, but leadership. I mean, Ben Stilley and those senior guys. Uh, that you know that that group was, you know, instrumental as, as that fifth year, you know, graduate senior to kind of uh, hold them accountable. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, not necessarily talent wise, but certainly uh, leadership wise, mm-hmm. how that how that defensive line uh, adjusts. We are going to. You want to let him jump in? Uh, yeah, here? yeah. Jim Bob will be right back. We're going to have uh, an on-site uh, switcheroo as Aiden Gilmore is uh, with us. As uh, Aiden's going to sit down, Aiden, uh, an offensive lineman out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, Aiden has been in the gym, as you can tell. Uh, Aiden, good to spend time with you, man. How are you? Good, you? Good, good. So tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and uh, what brings you to Lincoln, sir. Uh, well, I'm just. Uh just a kid from Dallas. Just a uh, kid from Dallas, they say. All right. And uh, just had some uh, ex-Huskers that wanted me to uh, get up here and really want me to play for this great school. And, uh, yeah, they just, uh, like my Cathorn Clayton, Reggie Cooper, and uh, Dewan Gross really want me to come up here, check it out. So I'm here now. Well, that is Aiden Gilmore, offensive guard out of uh, Dallas-Fort Worth region. Tell folks uh, a little bit about your high school your offense, and then some of the teammates uh, that you get to bang heads with uh, on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, uh, I'm from Parish Episcopal. Uh, it's a big private school in uh, Dallas. Uh, we've won three state championships in the past three years, uh, hopefully for this next year. Uh, but, yeah, I uh, blocked for uh, Andrew Paul this whole uh, season, and uh, he rushed 3,000 yards in the past uh, playoffs. And that was big, and now he's committed to Georgia. And also, uh, day-to-day basis, I blocked Trey Williams, uh, DN. He has offers from here, Iowa, and uh, he's—I uh, think—he's in Stanford right now. Uh, so, pretty, pr- pretty, uh, pretty notable competition. You yourself, uh, what um, what's it been like for you to be a part of the high school program you're at and continue to work your way up? How have you been able to to grow your game? Uh, well. I have Austin Uke last year. Uh, he was a four-star left tackle and 
kind of blocked next to him that whole year, and that was big for me to learn from him, and now he's at Stanford. Uh, so that was really cool to learn from that experience and just so many people that I've worked with, and I trained with Donald Hawkins, and he went to UT and okay. played in the NFL for a while, and we trained with so many other big players and, like, five stars out there. So I get great experience through that and the past people that come through Parrish that right. helped me out. Aiden Gilmore is with us. He is checking out uh, Nebraska today all the way up from uh, Dallas. So, Aiden, tell, tell Nebraska fans a little bit about the offense that you're in and the offense you come from. You, you laid out the background of Nebraska, um, kind of that, uh, the, that former Nebraska connection you have. How about the offense? What's uh, the offense you guys run down in high school? Uh, well, this year we did a lot of running because we had a great running back. Uh, we do a little bit of option, a little bit of pass in there because uh, we got a three-star quarterback who's a freshman now. Uh, he's really good, so I think we'll be throwing a little bit more this year. But, uh, yeah, running a lot this past year. You love it? I do. I love it. Okay. I, uh, anything to get better. Yeah. At guard, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what they ask you to do at guard uh, and kind of where your role is on the team. Are you one of the more – vocal guys on the offensive line uh i would i would say so yeah uh we like to call out plays we like to see who's blitzing we like to watch out especially for the corners that's a big deal in dallas where corners blitzing in so we got to watch out for that uh but i think the biggest factor i am for my team is uh i'm a big puller okay so love to pull out and i think I'm, that's one of my best attributes is pulling. Aiden Gilmore is with us. Uh, he is in Lincoln and uh, uh, a prospect uh, from the Dallas-Fort Worth region that uh, has uh, some Nebraska connections. So tell folks a little bit how Nebraska either got in touch with you or or you were kind of steered. You mentioned the, the former Huskers, right? Mm-hmm. But just what what's your itinerary and, and weekend look like here? What's it What's gone into this visit with you and your family to drive all the way up from Texas? Yeah, um, so the ex-Huskers that I was talking about, uh, they hooked me up with uh, Mickey Joseph, the new Mm -hmm. offensive coordinator. And, uh, yeah, we're supposed to be there in about two hours. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, meet up at a certain gate, and then they're going to tour us around and, yeah, meet all the coaches. So how's the recruiting process been for you? I know that there's some offers out your way, uh, SMU, I know TCU, uh, some some other Big 12, Kansas State, some other Big 12 schools have shown a lot of interest in you. Uh, at your age and in, in your, uh, what are you, 2024, 2025 graduate? Uh, 23. 23, 23. So you, okay, so, so 2023, so a senior to be. So what's it been like, man, to, to, to get recruited and, and kind of process all of it? Uh, it's uh, it can be a little rough sometimes, but uh, overall, you just got to be patient, but it's good. Uh, yeah, SMU was, uh, that was a cool offer for me, uh, hometown. Especially being Dallas kid, right? Yeah, um, and they got something going for them, too. Uh, but yeah, K-State's been recruiting pretty, pretty hard, probably one of the most. Okay. And uh, TCU, yeah, a little bit, and uh, Baylor a lot, too. I, I forgot Baylor. Forgive me on that, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the home state schools are looking at you. But I, uh, you're in Lincoln now and uh, connected with Mickey Joseph, and you'll get a chance to to take the tour. Aiden, it's awesome to meet you, man. Meet nice your to meet family, you, man. Thank and you. Uh, best of luck to you with everything you do, and have a great uh, great season. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, it's uh, it's uh, 9:41. It's the weekend edition of Hale Varsity Radio. 
as uh, we're here at the Single Barrel. The breakfast buffet is incredible. We invite you down for it. We'll step away as uh, Brandon Vogel uh, going to join us from HailVarsity.com. Uh, Gary Sharp uh, next hour. Uh, we will have the rewind with Jeremiah Searles. That's all on the way here as uh, we uh, get ready for spring kickoff year 2022. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Now it's time to get back to the Hale Varsity Radio Show with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. All right, that's it! You two guys leave me no choice. No television for a week. What? Back with you here at the Single Barrel Weekend Edition is Hale Varsity Radio. A little bit of a flex schedule. Uh, with the kickoff at 1, so 9.30 to 11.30 here at the Single Barrel Inside the Graduate. Big thanks to Aiden Gilmore, offensive lineman out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, good to spend some time with him. Thanks to him for popping by. We'll check in with Mark Cranach en route as uh, Cranach is taking the kids to the spring game today. So, uh, Mr. Cranach a little bit after 10. The Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, a little bit after 10. And then the, uh, the uh, Rewind will feature Jeremiah Searles, the man on the sideline today. Connor Clark back in studio. Tim Bob Kitzmiller hanging out. This coffee's incredible, but I implore you to get the, the French toast uh, casserole that they have, the, the mother of all breakfast casseroles. i got to go get me some of that. Uh, well, Tim Bob, even snake and bacon. Well, the bacon is really, <laughs> I mean, it's good and crispy all, and all morning, sausage, uh, yeah. All morning up there. I don't know if the biscuits and gravy is done yet, but uh, maybe Vogue's is firing up some some breakfast. We welcome in Brandon Vogel, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, uh, how's your Saturday? Uh, you ready for some, well, I would, I would say the spring game, but how about the, uh, the offense versus the defense, my friend? Good morning. Good morning. Doing well. I, I am uh, curious to, to get a look at that. Um, kind of like, you know, the, the offense versus the defense format. Um, I don't know. I, I guess what's the difference between splitting up between two teams or, or just going uh, unit versus, versus unit? But I feel like we'll get a pretty good look at uh, – some, some some new guys and some guys who have, who have been at Nebraska for a while, but we just haven't had a ton of opportunity to to see play in, in games yet. So it's going to be a little bit of a blank slate spring game for me. That's a, a great way to look at it, Vogues, when we talk about this blank slate. And it feels that way because everyone's starting at the same starting point on offense, whether you've been here three or four years or – you're new just because of the transition with the offensive coordinator. You've got a new position coach and associate head coach in Mickey Joseph. And uh, you factor in uh, Applewhite with the running backs. And, of course, Riola, uh, a, lot of, a lot of microscope time with the offensive line. Uh, so that, that's kind of on my, uh, my radar. But I want to start <laughs> with quarterbacks just because that is – what, what stirs the drink in the NFL, stirs the drink in college football. You want to be a, uh, a playoff team, you have an elite quarterback, uh, not to mention great lines of scrimmage. So Casey Thompson does what today um, in, in your eyes? How do they even handle him? When we look at this spring setup, Casey's not, I don't want to say he's not been pushed, but you, you've just had kind of the injury bug uh, be a real reality. I mean, there's still smothers. Uh, his his progress, what's that look like? Kind of ballpark your quarterback expectations for me today. Yeah, I'm expecting them to uh, to have a fairly 
I guess, equal distribution amongst the, the main guys. I, and I think, you know, the coaches, there's, there's not been much gray area there with, with who they think is in the lead for, for the starting quarterback job. And it's constant. And, you know, it, it should be constant. He's, he's the most experienced quarterback on the roster. Um, so I, I think we'll get a good look at him, but I think you'll see plenty of uh, the rest of that room, and then we'll, you know, we'll see what happens when they get into the second half of these things. <laughs> Spring games tend to get pretty, pretty loose uh, once you, once you get past halftime. So you know, I'll I'll be looking at this like since, and we don't know like how different this offense is going to be. I don't know that we're going to solve that today either. Um, but because there's at least a, a new a new person in charge in, in offensive coordinator Mark Whipple, I guess who looks the most natural right now is is one of the things I'm going in looking at specifically for quarterback. Um, does it feel crisp or for, for any of those guys? Does the timing look like? I mean, it's going to be a work in progress, but does does, does it look like somebody kind of gets the timing of what this needs to be? So. It's, it's a lot of detail work uh, watching these spring games, but as long as you know that going in, uh, you can at least come up with a plan for, for what you're hoping to see. Brandon Vogel is with us on Hale Varsity Radio. Connor Clark uh, back in studio. Tim Bob, uh, Kitz Miller next to me. And uh, we'll uh, talk about crispiness, right, uh, Vogues? That may be hard. That may be a big ask just because of, the, the moving pieces on the offensive line. But uh, let's talk running back. You know, is this just kind of a, a reinforcement opportunity for, for Yant, or is it more about uh, what uh, Anthony Grant can do? Because, you know, Grant's gotten some pub this spring, deservedly so, but Yant looks like a different dude compared to a year ago. Yeah, uh, that's, those are if you're you're, you're handicapping who's going to who's going to be the running back who quote unquote wins coming out of this scrimmage today. I think those are your two uh, two two co favorites there because you know Yant is somebody that you know the fan base likes uh, has seen in flashes what he's capable of and it's been very clear uh, again from the coaching staff why he wasn't on the field more and you know he seems to have addressed some of those things this offseason, so uh, I, I think people come in expecting him to be pretty good, and if, if he looks that way, um, well, it's, a, it's only going to make people, I think, more encouraged for the fall. And then Grant, sort of the, the same way, uh, high-profile junior college get for Nebraska, heard some pretty good praise for him, and, and a big, powerful kind of back, so... He's somebody who, you know, if he flashes anything today, I think it's going to be somebody we're talking about for the next five, six days after this spring game today. Brandon Vogel is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Brandon, this is a question that I've been asking a lot of different people throughout the week and something I'm curious on is the amount of tickets that are being sold for this spring game. A lot of people value the amount of fans that come a lot more than others. I believe we're a little bit over 50,000 tickets sold. What is your opinion on getting as many people as possible in the spring game? Does it matter, or is it really not that big of a deal to you? Um, I mean, personally, I'm, I try not to put too much stock into it, but I, I do think it matters in this case. I mean, you look at the recruiting weekend that Nebraska has lined up, um, and 
there's a reason that they, they kind of push those guys and, and, and really try to get them here for that is because Nebraska can. And even if, you know, it seems like the weather's going to be going to be pretty good for, for this, um, you get 10,000 walk-up, you get up over 60,000. Um, if, if Nebraska can do that, you're going to be among the top five, six, seven teams in the country probably. So that's really a showcase for prospective student-athletes. That's where I think it matters. You know, given the situation that, that Nebraska football finds it itself in after losing seasons recently, you know, it's, it's hard for even if they get to, say, 60,000 or so, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a referendum because it was 85,000 three years ago, you know. So I, I don't particularly like that part of it, but I do think the attendance matters just because it, it's really impressive, and it does set Nebraska apart. So a couple of questions. Number one, uh, you know, we talk about the quarterbacks and the offensive – or the quarterbacks and the running backs. Um, that offensive line, to me, is, is the key in terms of recruitment and replacement. And, and, and then the second question is, how different is this offense going to be with the new coordinator from what we've seen? Yeah, um, I guess I'll go with the second one first. I, I'm not expecting massive changes, and, and it's going to be it's going to be hard to know that I think coming out of today. But you know, football offensively has kind of really flattened across the country. Like there's so many concepts out there, and you know everybody's running some some amount of RPO, and that was definitely a part of Whipple's offense. Like. It just feels like unless you're out there running the option or if you're like really, really staunchly pro style, um, maybe like an Iowa is, um, and uh, ironically, Nebraska sees a lot of it in the Big Ten, like there's just so much commingling of these offensive concepts everywhere. So I think Nebraska is going to look pretty close to what it has been. You'll, you'll notice some differences. Um, I don't know exactly what those differences will be at this point, but I think you'll notice some, some new wrinkles. But really, you'll look at record aside, like some of these offensive numbers that Nebraska has put up, the only one that's really been lagging is points. Um, so right. not making great big changes offensively makes some, some degree of sense to me. Um, on the offensive line, you know, some of the comments coming out of spring have been pretty positive. And I think, you know, you get this, you get this uh, advantage, I think, at a lot of positions when you make a coaching change. Like, it's, it's going to click with some guys, and you're going to be able to see that. Um, do we see that with anyone on the offensive line, knowing that the guys that are definitely going to play in the fall aren't available today? Um, I think because offensive line is so much about technique and effort and execution, you might even – just getting a new voice in there has the potential to help you a little bit. And that's sort of been the talk we've heard through practice so far. So are we able to see that today? That's probably second on my list in terms of things I'm most interested to see. Brandon Vogel with us from HailVarsity.com and Magazine at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogels will have the, well, post-spring write-up. Uh, Greg Smith will have all the intel on the visitors Bogues, appreciate you jumping in with us this morning. And uh, is Junior wearing the red or the white jersey today? He's wearing the red jersey today. So um, I don't know if that's offense or defense yet, but we might have to make a change based on that. 
<laughs> well, just make sure you got the winning squad on, all right, by the end of the day. Uh, have a good one, folks. Appreciate you, buddy. All right. See ya. We'll uh, wind down heading into the 10 o'clock hour with the weekend edition here at the Single Barrel Spring Game Preview with Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28 and now... And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Welcome to it, the weekend edition. Hail Bar City Radio at the Single Barrel. Inside the Graduate, the breakfast buffet is alive and kicking. Some eggs and bacon. Oh, my. Uh, they are incredible. Get yourself a red beer and then get on down to 10th and Vine for spring game 2022. Uh, big thanks to Tim Bob Kitzmiller for popping by. Big thanks to Aiden Gilmore, uh, 2023 recruit out of the Dallas-Fort Worth region for kicking us off. And uh, Brandon Vogel with us. The Iron Horse is on site. Gary Sharp will be with us. He is firing up some eggs en route because he is uh, – uh, doing uh, what so many families have done for years on spring game Saturday, bringing the kids. Uh, we say hi to Mark Cranack with us. Uh, Cranack, how's the, the roads? What do you know? Are you hanging in? Do we not have him? Hold on. We're getting him right now. Okay. That'd be wonderful. Numbers to get in, 466 3776 466 76 825 5865 so we will um <laughs> we will contact uh, mr mark cranack in uh, just a moment that would be good but uh pretty good day uh, a lot going on here you've got the lines of scrimmage you have the offense versus the defense that's big and of course you have new members of the uh secondary that are in but uh, there's lots of questions and answers and you'll be able to to read into maybe a little bit too much today and on the other hand uh, maybe your takeaways will be measured and muted just a touch just because it, it is what it is it's a practice but what has been good for this nebraska football team has been uh the reality is They've had a lot of time to hammer away and and get better. That's what needs to be a certainty in 2022. It needs to be bullbound. It needs to be a win in Ireland, right? I mean, all those things are uh, just off on the periphery, but it is uh, it is about here and now and development. We say hi to Mike Mark Cranack as he is en route. Cranack, have you crossed the river yet? Good morning. Uh, not quite. Not quite. Gretna. But getting there, man. Getting there. <laughs> Gretna. Well, good good for you. Good for you. Uh, are the, uh, the the little ones loaded up? Do they have the face paint on? They got, yeah, well, the, the iPads, you know. Uh, because, I mean, you couldn't bear to sit 45 minutes without staring into a screen, of course. So that that's happening. Uh, no face paint yet. They got shorts. You know, it's one of those days where you're like, do you go shorts? Do you go pants? Do you go short sleeve? Do you go long sleeve? And the answer is yes. 
You do all of them. You, you do it uh, all. You layer it. You layer it for sure. That's it's one of them days, man. One of them days. Was that? Did I hear well, you in the first hour? You, you you just interviewed a recruit that was what? He's like staying at the graduate or something, and you just yeah. There's there's a lot man? of folks that love staying at the, the a lot of folks that love staying at the graduate, and, and Aiden Gilmore is an offensive lineman. He's a guard. And uh, he laid out his teammate is the five-star running back that's going to Georgia, Palmer, and uh, another four-star defensive end that's going to Georgia from his high school. And uh, that is uh, pretty cool. But but Gilmore is a guy that has some Husker connection. Dewan Gross and Reggie Cooper are two ex-Nebraska guys you and I grew up watching and and following and, and covering that uh, are in the, the vicinity, and uh, Mickey Joseph got in contact with Gilmore, and Baylor's looking at him, TCU's looking at him, K-State's looked at him, so he runs, he's part of an option offense, but uh, no, yeah, he sat down, his folks are here, they're, uh, they're Bellevue folks that have been down in Texas the last 25 years, and you know what, uh, there's no small world at all, right, with, uh, with Nebraska and the connection so he's up here to check things out it's really cool and good dude it was good uh, good to get caught up with him and he's uh he's anxious to go get a get a look at nebraska here is uh mickey joseph putting some work in Cranach. well huge recruiting weekend obviously um and maybe mm-hmm. one of the bigger maybe one of the bigger recruiting weekends since the start of the pandemic if you really think about it right just being able to get this number of people on campus from all these different classes, um, including Dylan Riola being one of the guys that's here today. Um, a lot of four-star talent, higher-end talent, and with some serious closers in Joseph and Bush on your staff, right? I think Travis Fisher's always been kind of up there, too. Sean Becton gets a lot of credit for his recruiting prowess as well and his chops. Um, but you got some A-list recruiting guys when it comes to Bush and Joseph. So you get this much talent on the campus today in what looks like it'll be a pretty nice day with a really good turnout. Um, you know, Nebraska can really change their recruiting fortunes today, no question. Don't disagree at all. Mark Cranach with us en route to the spring game. Chris Schmidt, Connor Clark, uh, weekend edition, Hale Varsity at the single barrel. As uh, inside the graduate, we are getting and gearing up for spring game 2022. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you hit on it, right? I mean, Nebraska's always, at least on paper, recruited at a high level. Wonderful. But you have some difference maker closers that are, that are new and now on staff in Mickey Joseph and in Bill Bush. And then you also have, you know, uh, Applewhite and Riola, oh, more right. so Applewhite from a development standpoint, can take uh, or has taken the three-star and – you're thinking has you know really uh, really continued to develop. He, he's had a history of that wherever he's been. Uh, yep. Also, you look at the fact uh, Riola. I know he's been in the NFL, but there's a certain profile, right? He's looking at for offensive line mentality and talent. Got a mesh, and uh, that'll be very key. But two names to to stick with the recruiting theme. Of course, Dylan Riola, the uh, the top ranked player. Uh, in, in future seasons in, in the quarterback the, the world wants. And then, Cranach, I want to get your take here on, on O'Shawn Mathis because the, the next step for Nebraska's defense is to continue to be good against the run, yes, in the Big Ten, but is also be like some of their peers uh, 
in Iowa, in Wisconsin, in Minnesota, and and, and Purdue. I mean, Karloftis is going to go top 15, top 20 overall. I mean, Nebraska's played the who's who of rush ends. If you're Nebraska, it'd be nice to have that and, and you know, deal out some some own medicine, so to speak, in future seasons because Nebraska has been the brunt of that ele- that edge elite rusher wrecking a game, right? Think of think of Iowa yeah. uh, the past couple of seasons. Think of what uh, what 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 Michigan State did. Seven sacks allowed, right? Uh, guys coming off the edge. Mathis is such a key target this weekend. Yeah, he is the transfer out of out of TCU, and mm-hmm. he's bringing a lot of his family here today too. I went. When looked at his film a little bit too, because you never know with statistics. It's like, hey, did he have like a five sack game against Valdosta State, or does he do this against legit competition? And he does. He does it against Oklahoma. Does it against others? He's yeah, the thing I like about him is he's it's he's an athlete first. Not saying he's like Randy Gregory. He's not built like Randy Gregory. But do you remember how Randy Gregory, where you, like if you watch him at defensive end, you're like, you know what? You could probably, like, if he just grew up different and trained different, he could probably be a safety, too. <laughs> he could probably be a tight end. He could play, he could probably play middle be linebacker. linebacker. He could probably yeah, be a tackle goal if he ate a lot. Like, <laughs> he could just go anywhere because he's just that athletic. I don't think Mathis has that level of athleticism because I think Randy Gregory was like a one in a 20 million type. Um, mm-hmm. But I think Mathis is a one in a five million type. <laughs> he's uh, he's impressive, man. I mean, the way he tracks people down from behind, the way when people try to apply jukes to him, they don't work because he's quick enough to respond to them. Um, the way he's I, he's got one play on tape where he picks off a ball that was basically trying to get rocketed over his head, and he was three yards away, and he jumps up and has good enough hands to just snare it. Um, so he would be a difference maker at DN. I don't know that he's uh, – this might sound weird, an every down guy necessarily, but he's third down, look out. Um, and I think he can cover too, so he probably would maybe be on that on that open end side. But impressive player. I think he would be an immediate upgrade. I think he's sort of what we've all been hoping we'd get out of the defensive ends for quite a while or for the rush. I mean – outside line, whatever you want to call it, just the, the people that are coming up and coming off the edge, um, whether you call them a defensive end or an outside linebacker, depending on your alignment, neither here nor there. But in terms of being just a straight-up pass rusher, he's that guy. Mark Cranach en route to the spring game, Hale Varsity Radio, single barrel where where we are at, uh, ahead of uh, Nebraska, uh, v. Nebraska. And uh, Mathis, the, uh, the, the portal, target uh you know great standing to to continue to get in with uh, with riola so anthony grant jacques yant both max uh, and of course ramir johnson returning but what's your uh, what's your feel today with the offensive line and that running game combination mark will, will you be able to learn anything will it be a a reason to get excited maybe amp up here for the the upcoming fall because uh, the talk has been downhill run game but you've not necessarily seen a successful downhill run game when nebraska's had to run it and you are uh, a member and founder of the uh well the uh, the west omaha run the ball run run the damn ball club <laughs> I know. well uh 
I don't know how much you're going to learn today. I think one of the bigger problems is obviously Prohaska and Corcoran are out. And, like, mm-hmm. I, I just, it's hard, it's difficult to imagine that those two won't start, right? That's a double negative. What I meant was those two are going to start in the fall, and they're not playing today at all. So you can only see so much. And then on top of that, you're going against what is clearly a depleted and just somewhat deficient defensive line, right? I mean, that's why you can't even go red versus white today. That's why you have to go offense-defense. You don't have enough human beings to be able to fill out both rosters on the defensive line. So I don't know how much you're going to see in terms of that, but, you know, maybe you can look a little bit closer and just see how much more often are their hands in the dirt, how much more often is the quarterback under center, Um you know, what is Grant, what does Yant look like with a year of seasoning? What does is, what is Grant look like just period? Um, so you'll be able to pick up some of that stuff. You'll be able to pick up at least athleticism from the backs, improvement from Yant, um, and maybe a little bit just in terms of, you know, some subtle offensive line things. But, yeah, not really, man. I, I, I think the thing you're going to see the most today and be able to actually glean a little bit is, is what's going on in the secondary, what's going on at wide receiver. I think they're going to let those two position groups go at it a little bit, um, and I think there's a lot of a lot of proving to do on, on really both sides. I mean, if you look at the defensive backfield since we last left, the only guy that you could 100% pencil in is Newsom. 100%. You can, you can put him in ink. Everyone else, yeah, probably a Miles Farmer. Yeah, probably a Tommy Hill. Yeah, probably a this, probably a, But you don't know. You don't know for sure. So the secondary is going to be interesting. And then wide receiver, Betts is gone. That changes things. Does it, Alante Brown, I mean, we've heard about him so often. You know his athleticism's off the charts. He hasn't produced anything yet, though. Is he ready to produce? What about Omar Manning? Is he ready to kind of take advantage of that overall that frame that he has? What about Trey Palmer? Who, like, when you go back and look at the film, he was never the feature guy at LSU necessarily, but he's supposedly the fastest guy on the team. Um, you know, but is he a is he is he a hands catcher? Can he <laughs> can he get open? Is he a, you know he was a third fourth option at LSU? How will he be if he's the top guy um, at Nebraska? What about Brody Belt? So that's what I'll be watching the most, and that's probably where they're going to let guys play the most overall. Mark Cranek is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Mark, i got a question for you about the running back room, as we mentioned a little bit earlier. You have Yant, you have Grant, you have Ramir Johnson. Going into the season, and I know we're not going to learn too much today because of the spring game, but going into the season, would you like to see more of a rotation of running backs, or would you like to see, okay, this is our guy, let's stick with him, and then we put somebody else if he goes down injury-wise or something else? Look, of course you want depth, right? Like, everybody wants depth. Um, just in case there is an injury, like you were saying. But I'm very much in favor of having the guy Um, because that means you have somebody who is truly special enough to sit these other four stars and three stars and other highly recruited guys to not even let them sniff the field. (laughs) That's that's why. That's why you want to have that bell cow because then you know, no, this dude's that good. He's so good that we have no problem sitting these other fools down for a while because they can't, like Amir, right? Amir had, look, Braylon Hurd was a pretty good back. You know, Aaron Green was a good back. But Abdullah was so much better 
It was just like, no, y'all are sitting. When we have a chance to hand the ball off, we want to hand it off to Amir because he gives us a better chance than any of y'all, right? And I think that's what Nebraska's been suffering from for, for quite a while outside of, outside of Divine Ozigbo in 2018. That's what Nebraska's been suffering from is there has not been that guy where it is clear that he is your number one option. Cranach, you're right about finding that that difference maker at, at the running back spot. We'll end with this as you uh, matriculate your way down to Memorial Stadium. Kids in the back, screens are on. Quarterback. Okay, so you, you've got Thompson, and and he's the guy it feels like for sure. But honestly, what do you see from Smothers? What do you see from Harburg today? Yeah, you know, Harburg was pretty impressive in this setting last year, I thought. Uh, It wasn't terribly accurate, but he did look like he belonged athletically, and it did look like he did not bail. You know, it didn't look like he had happy feet necessarily. I think with Logan, you want to see a little bit more. It's kind of the opposite of what you want to see out of both those guys, really. With, With Logan, you want to see a little bit more physical prowess. I mean, that's what's holding him back, really. It's, it's arm strength, being able to deliver the ball where it needs to be. Um, I don't think you question whether he knows what's going on or know where to go with it. Coach's son, he's you know sharp kid. Uh, I don't think that's been his – he's fast. You know he's got that. So it's really about you know improving his arm strength. Um, and then with, with Harburg, it's, for him it's more about – like, yeah, do you know where to go with the ball, and are you accurate enough to get there? Because physically, that guy, he leaves nothing to be desired. Like, he's fine. Um, so, And I think, those, I think those two will get to play a lot today, too. Uh, so you'll see them quite a bit. You'll, you'll probably see Casey Thompson for a couple series, like two, three, four tops. Um, so I think you'll see a lot of Harburg and some others today. Do you take the, uh, the the jersey off of Harburg just because if you're Whipple, you don't have a ton of film on the guy? Well, look at it. Yeah, you know, we thought this was going to be such a, a packed quarterback room and somebody's definitely leaving. But do you think we're walking out of spring now where you you know who should leave and why? They don't even know. No, Nobody no, really knows. No, because they're, they're, right, there just hasn't been enough snaps to really evaluate anybody. You don't know what you got in Torres, really. You don't know what you got in Purdy. Um, so I, I'm a, I am I would not be opposed to seeing it because you really do got to see what do you have in Harbor? Like what, what happens when there are a lot of people around? What happens when dudes are coming after them? Like what do you have? Because you can look, you have three of those five guys that are, that have been hampered. <laughs> you can't just, you can't just count on Torres and Purdy and, you know, you, you don't know what's going to happen with them with with injuries and all that. You might as well just to see what you have and just to see if that whole question of, you know, can you keep all five scholarship quarterbacks in the boat, you know, that question might get answered if you see him running around acting a fool and <laughs> looking like he doesn't belong. He looked like he belonged last year, but let, let's, see, let's see it without a, jer- a green jersey on. Well, and he's had limited time, too, with that finger injury. Cranach, safe travels. We'll, uh, we'll pour you one when you get here, all right? Godspeed, sir. Appreciate you. There he is, Mark Cranach, 
Hail Varsity weekend here at the Single Barrel inside the graduate Connor Clark. Back at our studio, the Iron Horse next to me. A quick timeout. We'll check in with Gary Sharp next to Tail Varsity Weekend Spring Game Pregame 2022 presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Now it's time to get back to the Hail Varsity Radio Show with Chris Schmidt and Mark Cranach. All right, that's it! You two guys leave me no choice. No television for a week. What? Back with you, Tail Varsity Radio Spring Game, pregame 2022. Chris Schmidt, Mark Rainack, and Root Connor Clark. Back at our ESPN Lincoln Studios, we welcome in on site the Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, with us. And uh, we have all sampled the single barrel breakfast buffet. It is incredible. The coffee is big time, the bacon is as crisp as the offense. Aha, I see what you're doing. You're in uh, mid-season form already. I, I am. I'm, I have a plate of bacon, and there's eggs, and it's it's wonderful. We're holding off on the beer. How big <laughs> is Aiden? Look at Aiden. Oh, I know. Aiden's, Aiden's, Aiden is uh, a beast. He's a big, big offensive guard from, from Texas. Mama and Papa are Nebraska natives, and we kicked off the show. Really lucky to have uh, Aiden Gilmore swing by and, and sit down with this man, and it's really cool to hear his story, Sharpie. Yeah, you know, just meeting the family here. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's about the networking. This is a huge day. You know, not necessarily, and and there's a lot of debate about the format that is appeasing to the fans compared to the coaches. But what today is is all about recruiting. (laughs) And it is a monster recruiting day for Nebraska. And it's kind of like the kickstart, the refresh, new staff in person on campus and there's some fellas on campus. I mean, it's quite the impressive list that they've been able to put together. And the organization that the current recruiting staff has been able to do in a short amount of time is pretty impressive. Now, you get them on campus, you show them a little bit. Now the next step is can you close or get them back during the summer or if they're further down in the 24-25 class, can you get them back for official visits? But this is a, a huge day. It's all about recruiting, and you're going to see an abundance of players that are going to be on the sidelines during warm-ups with lanyards around their neck, and uh, people here know who they are from a five-star in Dylan Riola, who has been here numerous times, to, as you guys were just talking about, Oshan Mathis, uh, to Aiden Gilmore, it's it's quite the uh, it's quite the list of prospects, and it's it's a big day for Nebraska. Well, 100 plus uh, on hand on the sideline checking out. Uh, Husker Nation will do their thing, and we we've led up to this. We've talked about impressions. We've talked about takeaways. We talk about what do we see? X Y. Listen, it is going to be about Husker Nation, Sharpie showing out, doing their thing, showing their love. Uh, you want to talk about what Nebraska football still has that is national championship worthy. It is it is fan base, it yep. is passion, and it is doing it the right way with, you know, really presenting a, a plan for on-field and off-field for a ton of student-athletes. Yeah, and, and you know, they've, they're very, again, their organization is really good because there's the part of getting them on campus and introducing them to the experience of, of the University of Nebraska from football to being a student here, but then there is the other element that is new, and that is the name-image-likeness. And we, are, we saw yesterday how current football players have benefited. Now we're about to find out even more the plan they have for two prospects in particular, mm-hmm. Mathis and Riola, and that's the name of the game, and that's how you play it. And I think Nebraska is positioned right now 
really in a good spot to take care of that. It's not, hey, we got a deal here, we got a deal here, but how do you manage when you get those deals? So I think Nebraska's ahead of the game there, but you get them here, now you got to find a way to close. Well, talk to me a little bit, Sharpie. Uh, you're close with Mickey Joseph, Bill Bush. Those two guys have closed uh, a lot. Uh, they get a lot of coffee, right, uh, in, in their career. When we talk about first picks overall, the quarterback position, first-round picks, uh, guys that uh, go to the Super Bowl, uh, not just recently but through their career. Uh, Nebraska's been a place where you've had to recruit nationally, uh, for, for decades, you have two guys that get it that have been here and, and have had really incredible career stops, but they're back, air quote, home. And, and I, I'm excited for Nebraska fans with what they have in a Bill Bush, what they have in a Mickey Joseph. It's not that, listen, you, uh, you don't have other guys on staff that do a nice job, but both those guys are a pretty high level. Yeah, and you know what? And they develop relationships, and that's what it is. You're in the relationship business. And here's the thing. It's... It's also the, the elephant in the room to some is recruiting is a business. It's not just, hey, it's part of the job. It is now a full-fledged side job as a business. And you have those guys that you just mentioned. They get it. And, and they can reach prospects on a different level. And you're going to see today. I mean, again, look at guys from the state of Georgia that they have here. Slow you know, these are not official visits. These are unofficial. So these guys are here on their own dime. And that says a lot about getting in and then getting them hooked. Now, again, I keep reiterating, the next point is the guys that you want, that you believe are difference makers, can you close on them? You know, there is one guy that's going to be on campus today that is a legacy, that is a five-star quarterback, that is the number one player in the class of 24. He's the kind of prospect, and you you know who Nebraska is up against with Dylan Riola, is he's the kind of player that can change the trajectory of a program. Nebraska hasn't had that kind of recruit that we could all universally agree on and say, that's the guy since Tommy Frazier. And that's, that's no hyperbole. Dylan Riola is that good. But Nebraska's in for a challenge uh, with him. But I think they're positioned pretty well not to just be, hey, my dad went to school. I'm here. Oh, by the way, my uncle is coaching here. Um, again, I, I like Nebraska's overall plan for today and knowing a little bit more about it moving forward when they're able to get out on the road next week or Let, next month. Let's let's dive into to Riola real quick and the the plan, right? You you mentioned the family ties. I loved the the tweet yesterday by by Nebraska football where uh, Dom is smoking somebody and and then there's the shadow in the backdrop. It, it, it was well 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 done. But when when you talk about plan here you know what's what's the uh, what's the history say about set offense? What's the history say about your offensive coordinator? You have new now with Whipple. Uh, of course, Whipple's one of the uh, more and well-respected uh, OCs and quarterback coaches out there with what he's done the last twenty years, and, and frankly, a career worth. You still have kind of the wow factor with Frost and and, and the UCF, while that is a little bit further back in the rear view, you still have, you know, the showcase of a, of a Mariota, of, of a McKenzie Milton. Scott's done work with offenses and quarterbacks. You, you marry those two things, and, and that's a, a nice one-two punch if you're Nebraska when it comes to, to Dylan Riola. It isn't Saban and, you know, I put the, the, the last top, 
top three, top ten quarterback picks in the NFL draft consecutive years-wise. Nebraska doesn't have that, but I don't think Nebraska, uh, they're not in the same level as far as quarterback history as the, the programs are going up against. But does Nebraska have enough to stay in this race? Well, that's the thing about you, you can do everything in your power today to build up for the future, but really what happens in the fall De- you know, predicates what happens down the road. You you got to be winning. You got to show progress. You got to have something that is a hook that is more than ninety thousand people. Only show in town. Name, image, likeness. You know, people are attracted to winning, to success, and that's why. You know, when you get a day like this and the quality of players that are on campus, it just continues to add to the importance of this upcoming fall because you can't afford to start over. And I think that's where the sense of urgency is. But I, I think with the let's talk about the current team and that people will see sure. today. Because on offense, Mark Whipple is not going to call the plays today. He he does the thing that I think is fantastic, Schmitty. He allows for a spring game because these coaches have seen everything they need to see. Some of them probably, if you pressed them, would say, "Man, I don't want to have a spring game because I don't want anybody to get hurt." Right. But I do want to see guys in a in a an environment like this how they respond. But we've seen everything. We've got enough of a library for 14 practices. We know who can play and who's going to need some work. But what Mark Whipple does when you get to a spring game, and he's not a big fan of spring games, you know, he because everybody's, you know, this will everybody that's coming to the game enjoy the game. It's not going to take two hours. They are going to struggle to fill two hours. They want to get in. They want to get out. They will have a regular – it'll look like regular football in the first half. It'll be a running clock in the second half, and we already know that it's offense versus defense. But on the offensive side of the ball, let's don't kid yourself. I know people want to, like, dance around it and go, oh, how is Scott and, and Mark Whipple going to stop? This is Mark Whipple's offense. This is Mark Whipple's offense. This is Mark Whipple. Have you heard any player during the spring say, gosh, you know what, I like what Scott is putting in here? Nope. They say, man – Whipple seems to be a guy that's got an answer for everything. This is Mark Whipple's offense. Scott Frost is, is the CEO of the program. And trust me, people then go, well, Gary, what happens in the fall when they're, this is Mark Whipple's offense, stop right there. He's 65 years old. He's been around the block. You hired him for a reason. Scott has done a good job of kind of staying away from the offense and letting the offensive coaches put things together. Now, it's not like he's kept out of the room. They don't give him the key. He's involved, but this is Mark Whipple's offense, and the bottom line is Mark Whipple. But today, he turns the play calling over to his GAs and his analysts, which I think is a great idea. And, and you're not going to see a lot. I think they're going to script some things mm-hmm. to see the quarterbacks because they really do want to see what Purdy could do, what Smothers. You'll see the improvement of Smothers. Harburg has been battling a little bit of an injury. Uh, I think he's over that, and they like him. So I, I think today is the day you get to see Casey Thompson. You also get to see a quarterback under center, which will throw a little people off. Um, but you'll see Casey Thompson if he can do the simple pitch and catch, which has plagued Nebraska for a while now through multiple quarterbacks. And I think that's where Casey's strength will be. But I think you're going to see the quarterbacks. They're going to put him in a couple of situations to, to stress him a little bit, but nothing too wild. Um, but there's people that like this offense, the way it's come together in a short amount of time, considering you're missing – Maybe your number two, number three running back. You're missing your tackles. You lost one of your dynamic wide receivers in the middle of spring ball. You don't have any tight ends. They kind of like how the offense has come together. And I think people will see that today, that it, it has a little bit of a different tempo to it. And maybe if you, you look really close, you'll see the offensive line, the way they approach their craft is a little bit different. But 
you know, we're all going to have sweeping, you know, wow, well, look at uh, this is just, just temper your thing. Hot, you hot know, take yeah, Monday. Just temper oh, wait, it and enjoy right. the football today. But enjoy that there's, uh, there's some little subtle differences that will be shown today that haven't been shown in the past. Gary Sharp with us on site here, the Iron Horse, uh, as we're doing the uh, weekend edition a little bit later uh, today. Uh, flex schedule, why not? Uh, uh, which is good. And uh, the breakfast buffet is in full swing. It's still open for another 20 minutes here at the Single Barrel. But if you miss the, the breakfast buffet, you're invited to grab a, a burger, a, a bourbon, a beer uh, before you head to 10th and Vine. Sharpie, it's been fascinating to touch on recruiting and then get the, the lowdown from you on the Nebraska offense, the look. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go to quarterbacks. And it's been pretty unique, right? I mean, Harburg's had the finger issue. Yep. Uh, Purdy's had the foot issue. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, there's the, the Logan Smothers question mark who's been super uber loyal to Nebraska. And, by the way, his, he, they've really worked with him. Uh, the last time people saw him here against Iowa to what you're going to see him today, you'll, you'll notice a difference in the way they've, they've kind of mechanically did some things with his passing. He is, uh, you know, controlled passing is what you're, you're talking about here, and can you make the simple pitch and catch? That's over the middle. That's flat route. That's out route. That's taking a shot when you need to, and, and you may not run for a ton of yards if you look at Pitt but it's not for lack of attempts. It's still, air quote, balanced. But um, is is today a, a decision day for one of these quarterbacks? How does today go? Does that determine their future as far as sticking with the program or not? Well, what's, here, your, what's your reading? Well, here's that? the interesting dynamic about the quarterback position. I think Mark Whipple is ready to say Casey Thompson is QB1, mm-hmm. and he essentially has kind of said that. Scott Frost is not ready to go there because I think he wants the two and the three to continue to push but let's don't say, well, what's up with Casey Thompson? You know what? He came here with a purpose to be the number one quarterback, mm-hmm. and he's had a good spring. He's had a really, really good spring, and he is the number one quarterback. So watch two and three. It is my belief that nobody is saying, ah, you know what? The next time the train stops, I'm getting off. I think Logan Smothers likes the position that he is in. Where is Purdy going to go? And Harburg is coming along. So I don't think you're going to see anybody depart out of that position. But watch over the next week after this game is over, you're going to start to see some attrition, and, and some of them won't surprise you and scholarship guys that are just going to say, man, I'm not even in the top four. I should probably leave. That's why the running back position today, you could say, Schmitty, well, is that going to be a survivor island today? No, I think that's already pretty well known. Your top if, three. If, you're not, if you're not in the top three or four, and remember, there's no Gabe Irvin and there is no A.J. Allen, who don't forget about him when he shows up, is – Am I in a position where during the summer and in fall camp I can nestle my way into that top four? If I can't, i got to go somewhere else. I think the running back position is a place where you will see some attrition. Uh, the, rest of the, the rest of the stuff on offense, I don't think maybe a wide receiver or two because you have a position coach that says, if you're not playing, what are you doing? Your job is to win, right? That's the ringing, the ringing comments from Mickey Joseph here this spring, among other things. I love his approach. Touch on, if you can, the, the wide receiver room and just what Mickey has done differently to get guys maybe a little bit more locked in, well, specifically Omar. I, I, think, I think technically they're going to be more sound at the top of their routes, the way they get in and out, which will – 
in turn, benefit the quarterback. Um, you know, there were a lot of times last year, Adrian, and, you know, it, it, it's more we can look at the quarterback and go, that was a bad throw. There were a lot of times over the last three or four years where the wide receivers were not in the right spot or running a crisp route like they're supposed to, and Adrian made the play that he was supposed to, and the ball was intercepted or it was incomplete or you went, what is going on? I think that's something that Mickey has worked on, and I think there is a lot of respect in that room not to let Mickey down. And he's got a, he's got a different set of wide receivers in terms of size and in terms of speed, and he's got a dynamic guy in Trey Palmer who could elevate his game. Is Trey Palmer good enough from LSU to Nebraska to go from 30 catches to 50 catches? You know, it's few and far between of the days of Morgan and Spielman where you have guys that are catching 50 to 60 balls. It's usually in the 35, 45 range. Are there a couple of guys on this roster that can get you 50-plus? And will we see the true Omar Manning that stays on the field the entire time? There are options at the wide receiver spot. Uh, Castaneda is a guy that I, I wish was healthy so we could see more of him. But Mickey's got, I, I think, I, I could say honestly he's got He's probably got seven wide receivers he believes in. He would like to find two more. And if you're not in that top nine, you may not be in the program. I like the comments not only from Oliver Martin this past, you know, seven to ten days, but also Mickey's follow-up comments on Oliver Martin, a guy that really kind of was dejected last year after the Illinois game, after he got dinged. And and Mickey's talked about confidence with Oliver Martin and kind of – breeding that into him and and Oliver's been a lot of spots but the talent is there I think the connection uh with Mickey and his guys is and listen I I, I don't know how it was or wasn't with the, the previous two wide receiver coaches but Mickey seems to go out of his way to, to to really understand who's playing for him and 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 be a sounding board and also a father figure with all right I'm I'm, I'm gonna tough love you here but know know that my best interest for you is is no doubt the bottom line yeah this is an an indictment on Lubick this is just two different personalities Matt Lubick was a little bit more business-like he wasn't gonna walk by and slap you on the arm and go hey what's going on you know he'd be like hey hello Mickey is one of those guys that will stop and engage in conversation I think Mickey is also someone that reaches guys on a different level and and I keep saying that and that's the great unknown about trying to predict what's going to happen in the fall with this team there are certain guys at position groups, running back, offensive line, quarterback, wide receiver, special teams gurus, that have a different voice and a different approach, and maybe that unlocks something that has not been there. And so that is like the great unknown. And I think Mickey with – you bring up Oliver Martin. Oliver Martin is a guy that I think Mickey has reached on a different level that Oliver didn't have at Michigan or at Iowa or previously at Nebraska, and we know that there is something there, is now a guy that is your position coach that is going to bat for you. What does that do to your mindset when you carry yourself from day to day on the field and off the field? Does that elevate your game where you go, okay, that's the Torre of 2022, a guy at the end of his career that now is on NFL draft mm-hmm. you know, conversations like Torre definitely is. Uh, right now so that's the strength of of Mickey and that's the unknown and we'll ask the question because we have plenty of time Schmitty between now and Ireland does a wide receiver make a quarterback better or will the quarterback make the wide receiver better based on what you've said and what is out there I think I think you've had receivers that are talented enough to help the quarterback but it sounds to me like for whatever 
Wilson, it was more on the wide receivers than the quarterback, and they also got a factor in the O-line, right? I mean, <laughs> yep. you, you have a, a situation where 41% of the time you're dropping back, you're, you're running, running for your life, and, and there was maybe not a lot of trust in the, run, in the run game either. Let me just stop you there. One thing people will know, uh, and, and look for this today, and it's not just a spring game thing. Nebraska's quarterbacks are being instructed to stay in the pocket longer. Mm-hmm. And not all of a sudden go, man, I got wheels. I'm out of here. Hang in the pocket a little bit longer. So watch that today of when things break down initially, the quarterback doesn't take off and start running. They've done, they've hammered that home to the quarterbacks is to stay in the pocket. You know what? Trust yourself. Stay in the pocket. Go through all of, you know, you know all of your options and then make the right option. But I, I think, you know, and today the quarterbacks are off limits. Um, except for maybe Harburg, who they have not seen enough of here in the spring. But watch, I think the quarterbacks stay in the pocket a little bit more, and, and what does that do to Nebraska's passing game? Gary Sharp with us, Hale Varsity Radio Weekend here at the Single Barrel Rewind, coming up with Jeremiah Searles, the, the rundown, the lowdown on the offensive line and the lines of scrimmage coming up here after 11. We're here till 11.30. Sharpie, a, a few minutes here before we say goodbye. Zooming out, we've touched on recruiting. We've touched on kind of the X's and O's and, and the um, the meat of this. I want to go to, to Nebraska baseball, and then I want to talk Tiger for two seconds. But Husker baseball, uh, you know, a comeback against uh, Rutgers' top pitcher, but it wasn't enough here. What's your, you know, what's the pulse? Uh, what's the read here? What's your diagnosis on, uh, on Husker baseball right now? Against better teams, they struggle. And it's the same story of, of you get guys on, but you can't get them over and you can't get them in. Is it lack of? talent or just lack of being ready, ready uh, for this moment I, I think it's probably right now a little bit of everything but just getting a key base hit and Nebraska's unable to do that and they, they are they are they are you know they are getting guys on like last night look at the first inning they had a chance to to blow that game open mm-hmm. I mean you're start of an important series and Nebraska comes up empty in the end of the night one of ten with runners in scoring position and it's it's frustrating they're a very uneven team I keep using that I think three straight weeks that we've talked, I've used that phrase for Nebraska baseball, is that they're uneven. Um, but it's going to be a situation where now, now today, is, today is a big big game. You know, you're going to have a big crowd once the spring game is over. They'll filter into the stadium. Um, you have to win series. You don't need to sweep. You have to win series because you can still win the Big Ten, but you're going to be fighting for your life to put yourself in a good position in Omaha to get into the NCAA tournament either as the automatic bid or make a good run. But it's frustrating, uh, and I, you know, you think they're turning the corner from last weekend. Well, they're playing. They played two really good teams so far this week, Omaha and Rutgers, and it hasn't come to fruition. But today's a big day for Nebraska. And, you know, and you're only as good as your next day's starting pitcher. We'll see who Nebraska throws if it's Cody Frank or somebody else. But they also need. They can't have a. They can't have a starting pitcher. Uh, you know, Shanneman, who has been good for them, can't have an outing like that on a Friday night. A read on Jelkin at all. Uh, it's too bad. I mean, he, he's a nice Challenge prospect. Kid. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what happened there. Um, that's the last thing you need in a season where you have a fellow freshman in Drew Christo who you thought would be pitching on a weekend like this is really fighting it. Sharpie, is Tiger going to make a, a push today? And are we uh, we're going to be watching Sunday for sure. It's been an awesome Masters, and what a, what a Thursday for him. But uh, does, does this story even get more... More fairy tale-ish in a great way. Well, I don't, I don't think so. But it's just amazing that he's playing and that he made it to the weekend. 
I think Scotty Scheffler is number one in the country for, or number one in the world for a reason. You know, he's, he's kind of blown up here in the spring, and he has uh, been fantastic. And he's he has a, he has the possibility of running away with the Masters. But, boy, it's been nice to see Tiger out there. And, you know, it's all about his body, how he wakes up on day three. I mean, he's walked eight miles on that course. And, and for people that watch the Masters on TV and you've never been there or you, haven't, you don't know anybody that's been there or talked to people, the TV does not do Augustus Hill's justice. I mean, it is extremely hilly. Undulating. Yes, that's a good word to use. And to walk that, um, it's just, it's amazing that he's made it to the weekend, and, and we should all enjoy that. And, you know, you never say never. He's one of those guys you never doubt. Uh, but yesterday was such an up-and-down day, while the rest of the field was playing some really good golf, including the guy that's in the lead. Well, it is um, incredible to turn on the old HD and watch uh, Sunday at Augusta. The weekend's been fun. Hey, it's is just there, gorgeous. It, have you been ever? Uh, I have not. Uh, I, had, I had an opportunity. Uh, I thought I was involved in a relationship with somebody who, uh, whose father, they live in the Atlanta area, is a member. But I never got to that stage, Schmitty where I got the, hey, let's go to Augusta, son. Son, would you yes, like to, yeah, to come never, to Augusta? I didn't hang on long enough. Dang it. <laughs> well, the long and short story is that we just got to find a friend that uh, that can take us to Augusta. Yeah, you know what? I, I should have said uh, to Doc Likens, live, uh, listening in the Atlanta area, of course, I should have said, you know what? It isn't about your daughter. It's more, what about us? Well, yeah. What yeah. about, you know, your daughter and I, you know, we're not on great speaking terms, but you know what? We got a good relationship. You know, maybe we just keep it professional and then I'll come and see you every April. Yeah, that, that'd work. You know, uh, I'll fly in for my, uh, my unofficial. <laughs> well, good stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I could say, hey, I'll pick up all the drinks and food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Because it's, it, we'll bring a 20 and we'll be full <laughs> for, for, for the weekend. By the way, is there uh, one quick thing? I know you got to go. Uh, the best shot of the entire weekend is Thursday. Tiger is walking down one of the fairways, and the camera catches the guy that, if you take the picture, it looks like he's right next to him, and he's got the he's collecting his cups of beer that he's mm-hmm. been drinking. He's like eight cups deep, which is only forty dollars total at Augusta. There was a guy that won the day, and then there was Tiger. Yeah, yeah, 40 bucks in beers for, for that many cups. It's good. Uh, quick timeout. We'll uh, wind down the weekend edition uh, going till 1130 here for the pregame spring game. Uh, a rewind with Jeremiah Searles. We hit offense and defensive line. That's next. Big thanks, uh, Iron Horse, Gary Sharp, Mark Cranach, Connor Clark. Uh, we'll check in with Searles on the way with Hale Varsity as we get into hour three. The Hale Varsity Radio Saturday Morning Show, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Strap yourselves in. Here are your hosts, Chris Schmitz. Y'all don't even know he was a virgin until he's 28, and now, roll tide. And Mark Cranach. Time has come for someone to put his foot down. And that foot is me. Back into it at Hale Varsity Radio Spring Game Eve down here at the Single Barrel inside the Graduate, uh, doing daddy daycare and watching a little golf. We say hi to uh, standout Husker and NFLer Jeremiah Searles. Searles, did you get the urge today to go swing the clubs in this wind? I did actually. I've got. I was just telling my wife I got the itch to go play a little golf. I think me and Quali are going to go play on Tuesday. That'll. Do you guys bet one another, or is it just friendly? 
This will be my first match of the year, so there will be no money exchanging hands on this trip, except for maybe a couple beers. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that works out well. That works out well. Well, I got to ask you here, what do you think of the altered format here, offense versus defense? You know, I'm okay with it. I think that our numbers are a little light in some positions, and that makes it tough to field two full teams and get a full game in. So I think this is the best way to get – again, it's even though it's a spring game, it's still a practice, right? I mean, it's still a chance to get better. It's still a chance to work on some things. And I think this format gives everything a little bit better of a chance. So I'm all right with it. Get a chance to see some good on good of 1v1s and 2v2s, and then you really get to see some of the future Huskers in that second half to see kind of who's the next up-and-comer. Searles, you man in the sidelines tomorrow? I am. I will be down there on the offensive sideline. I told Jessica she can take the defense. Are you <laughs> are you uh, planning on a hat with the windy conditions, or are you just going to let the uh, the locks flow? I haven't decided yet. If I have a hat, it's most likely going to have to be backwards, but I might just – I might just go the old comb over route. I did just get a nice haircut down there, down a straight edge downtown. So they got the hair all combed up, ready to go. For sure, sunglasses. The, de- the debate is, is it long sleeve weather or is it polo weather? It's pretty up in the air. Well, last time we talked, you were sitting out back. It was mid-50s, and you were in your bro tank showing off the tattoo for the neighborhood. So uh, I'm guessing about 57 degrees for kickoff. So... You, you better kind of man up and go sleeveless is what I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking that too. You know, the wind just beats you up, man. I'm watching the Masters. I'm watching this wind just beat the crap out of these poor guys trying to swing a golf club. And I feel like it's been an extra windy spring, but hopefully that'll die down soon. I know it won't, but I just keep saying that. <laughs> Searles, uh, want to get your thoughts on the offensive line. What, what has been your pulse on – either what you've seen or what you've heard with how that unit has worked this spring with Coach Don. Yeah, you know, I've heard I've heard Coach Rail has done a great job. I mean, I've talked to multiple people in the program. I said the offensive line's been super aggressive, running off the football, trying to create dents in the defensive line and moving the downs into the linebackers. And so that's all great, and that's all great news. But, you know, we still have to come out and execute. I think he's still missing a few pieces. You know, Teddy Prohaska is still not back from that ACL. Turner still isn't practicing. So I still think he's been able to put together a good spring and good opportunities for some of these young guys like Kevin Williams and Ethan Piper and guys that get really meaningful reps, right? And you got to replace Cam Jurgens at center position there. So who's kind of made strides in that? You know, I think there's a lot of question marks about the offensive line going to spring, and we're not going to leave spring with all of them answered, you know, but I hope that they laid a really good foundation for a lot to move into uh, training camp and the summer conditioning program. And Hopefully come August, you'll see things starting to take a little bit more shape. Bigger question, Mark, is it the offensive line or is it the defensive line? Both have lost key pieces. You know, I think the defensive line, honestly, is a bigger question, Mark. Right? I mean, when you talk about the offensive line, they were struggling last year. They were a struggling unit. So you're really hoping for some improvement there. But you don't flip it to the defensive line. And that was a strength of this football team. I mean, Daniels and Stilly and Ty Robinson and Casey Rogers and DeAndre Thomas. And now you're talking about three of those guys being gone. And it's not as much what's the next breed, right? You know you have Casey Rogers. You know you have Ty Robinson. Nash Hutchman got some good playing time last year, but it's who's behind those guys, right? Like, it's inevitable. Someone's going to get dinged or nicked along the way, and you have to have somebody that can step in and not have a huge drop-off in performance. So, you know, the real question is going to be, 
what are those young guys that are taking those steps through winter conditioning and spring ball and gone from kind of a role player to more of a contributor there. You can ask 40 to 50 snaps out of a game from someone like that. And right now the question mark is not, it is not, it's who, right? Who's that going to be? And I don't have an answer. I hope tomorrow maybe get a chance to watch some guys and they pop off tape and pop off the screen and go, okay, that guy made big steps and can help us win games next year. So when you talk about that, that impact maker along the defensive line, how important do you think an addition like O'Shawn Mathis would be to this team? He's going to be in town tomorrow visiting this spring game. Just uh, a guy who can generate pressure by himself off the edge. Obviously, every defense could use one, uh, but how big is Nebraska's needs for that? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I was on Sports Nightly this week talking about how we need more sacks, right? I mean, no one is no one's going to be surprised by the fact that Eric Schnander is going to stand up front and go, yeah, we got to get to the quarterback more. But majority of our pressures, majority of our sacks last year came off of scheme pressures, off of blitzes coming JoJo off the corner or Dismute coming our Cam Taylor Britt or one of these corners and scheming up ways to get to the quarterback versus a guy. We need someone like Garrett Nelson or Caleb Tanner to take a huge jump in their pass rushing ability and say, hey, if we rush four, I'm either A, going to create pressure to affect the throw, I'm going to get to his feet, or I'm going to get a sack, or I'm going to get him out of the pocket, or something. Because too often last year, I watched quarterbacks just kind of sit in that backfield and just kind of sit in that pocket and get comfortable. And we had a good secondary last year, and he was, people were still able to deliver the football a little too easily, in my opinion. Jeremiah Searles with his Husker standout NFL or sideline man for Nebraska football at Searles 71 underscore HSKR. Searles back to the offensive line. Uh, a guy like Ben Hart, a guy like Bando, a guy like Anthony Anubi, uh, Lutovsky's uh, a name that we hear a lot about. Ballpark, what, what the unit you think can be. Uh, and, and I know we're, we're missing couple of guys that you know nebraska fans want to see tomorrow that said it's opportunity for other guys you know ty robinson this week talked about 400 reps this spring that's huge well it it wasn't 400 reps per se even hickson and piper battling for that center spot how good of a developmental period can this spring be for the next guys up uh, on that line to plug in, uh, and then how far away do you think some of these guys are? What, what What's the talent level like? You know, that's a great question, Smitty. That's, I think that's a question everyone's wondering. You know, I look at some of the guys that are battle-hardened vets on the offensive side of the ball, especially on the offensive line, and there's really not a lot of them, right? Even Nuri didn't start an entire year last year. You graduate Jurgens. Ben Hart's now a two-year starter, but he had his struggles last year. So you're talking about guys that are, are battle-ready and they've been through tested, but they haven't played really great all the time, right? Nuri kind of grew into a pretty good guard. I'd like to see where his level of game has jumped up, even because he is still so young and just his football playing. You know, but then you look at Henry Lutowski, whose physical ceiling is through the roof. Same with Ted Prohaskas. But, you know, Henry's a guy that you hear nothing but great things about how he's a brute and he gets after people, but how quickly has he picked up the offense, right? Now it's not he's going into year two with the same offense. Everyone kind of had to start from the same playing field this spring of putting in a brand-new offense, you know. So how far did he get into the playbook? How well was he able to retain? How quickly can he take it from the meeting room to the practice field? And I can take it from the practice field, too. I know it's not a game, but it's a game-like scenario, right? So that's what I'm looking at from a lot of these young guys as far as the development piece, not just physically, but mentally as well. What do you anticipate with the Whipple offense, not just tomorrow, but, but long-term? 
You know, I, I do anticipate a little bit more under center, uh, probably a little bit more downhill run game after watching Pittsburgh a little bit this year and going back through and studying some of Pitt's tape and watching what they did with the quarterback position and delivering the football timing passing. You know, I think it's going to be kind of a little bit of a blend of the West Coast and the Scott Frost spread it out. So I think it'll be – I think it'll be interesting. I think it'll keep guys on their toes, but I mean, it doesn't really matter what they scheme up. It's going to be really about the 11 guys going out there on offense and executing it all to perfection. Was there a difference maker? Is there a difference maker at running back or is that still TBA for you? Do you think one of the guys that's been here or the newcomers can take that mantle? I'm sure there'll be a rotation, but is I'm not asking the next Amir to raise their hand, but you guys had Amir and Rex and Roy, uh, three NFL dudes. Uh, is there somebody like that that can be on this roster? Is, have they recruited well enough to get a game-breaker at back? You know, I, I hope so. I'm hearing a lot of good things about Anthony Grant um, coming out. I heard he's done some really nice work coming as more of a power back. Uh, I'm really hoping my, my number one guy I'm cheering for is Amir Johnson, strictly off of the way that he – battled through all that stuff that went on last year, being like fourth on the depth chart and coming back to where if he wasn't in the game, our run game was basically nothing, right? So really pushing for him to have a really strong performance tomorrow. But also, we're missing Gabe Irvin. He probably won't be out there tomorrow. Excited to see what he can bring to it. So I think there's a few people in that room that are close to taking that next step and separating themselves from the rest of the pack. But we really, unfortunately, probably won't get to see that until come fall camp and early in the season next year. Casey Thompson does what for this offense, what for this football team? You know, I can't wait to watch him sling it. I think he brings a little bit of attitude and toughness to this offense specifically. I think he walks around a little bit of moxie. Not saying Adrian didn't, but you know, Adrian was just a great guy. I don't know if he had a little bit of that, you got to have a little bit of that weird nastiness to you to be a true competitor. You know, I think that, I think hearing stuff, Casey Thompson has that. That's great. It's good for an attitude, uh, attitude just, right? When you have everything kind of brand new, it's good to shake things up the positional leader too. But I do know he can sling the thing. I did not realize how short he was, but, you know, that's okay. Not everyone has to be 6'5". But, you know, I think that he's going to be kind of a, a – maybe I'm hoping he's a little bit of a – if I had to compare him to someone, you know, the little running quarterback that they have out there in Murray in Arizona, right? Hope he can bring okay. a little bit of that magic in. So it was about 90 seconds left here. And, uh, I mean, who do you think is going to be the guy that after the spring game is done with, everyone's going to be talking about? Last year it was Yant. A couple years back during uh, Adrian's first spring, it was Adrian Martinez the guy everyone was talking about. Who's the guy that, that is going to be the guy we're going to be talking about on the radio show next week saying, wow, that guy had a great spring game? Good, bad, or ugly, it's going to be Casey Thompson. I mean, it doesn't matter if he goes out there and throws five touchdowns or he goes out there and throws five picks. I think that is the focal point that everyone will be looking at tomorrow because he is brand new. He's the bright, shiny object, and he's supposed to become the next coming and take us to a conference championship. At least that's the narrative at the moment, right? So I think we'll all be talking about Casey Thompson's performance for the next till probably we all head to Ireland here in a few months. (laughs) Searles, you know Ireland, the first round's on you. Oh, there's no doubt. We'll find some Irish pub somewhere. Just a few. Spring game memory. Uh, you you were there for, for Jack's run and also a proposal. This uh, weekend yeah, special I mean, to you? It is. It's a special weekend. I mean, I remember my first time as a freshman running out there and a chance to play in front of Husker Nation for really the true first time. And then uh, full circle with Team Jack to proposing to my wife. I mean, spring football is a fun time. A lot of fun memories for me. And I'm excited to be back in the full Memorial Stadium tomorrow. Jeremiah Searles. Searles, be good. Have a great weekend. We'll see you at the stadium. Absolutely. Sounds good. Go Big Red.
All right, the rewind there with our dear friend Jeremiah Searle, standout Husker NFLer, and uh, we'll be looking the part uh, with, uh, I think he'll go uh, without the hat and the shades, and he'll probably go sleeveless, Gary Sharp, the Iron Horse. On site, we're here at Wanna the... Want to go sing- camo, maybe? He could. Yeah. He could. Uh, we're on site here at the single barrel, Connor Clark. Uh, making it run back at the studios and Sharpie, uh, a lot of fun today. So uh, uh, a lot of debuts, right? Debuts for the quarterbacks, debut for Carson Schmidt on the hill. <laughs> uh, he, he he took on Lincoln High a week ago, and it was their JV team, and threw a lot of strikes, did well. Well, he's taken on Grand Island as we speak right now. Right. I've not heard a shriek from Southwest Lincoln, so, so far so good. Hey, can I ask a question, something that Jeremiah brought up there? and. Yeah. You know, the quarterback is the most important position in any sport mm-hmm. anywhere. Why does it seem that we're hesitant to say Casey Thompson and his importance? You're in a division where look at the quarterbacks in the West Division. Right now, Aiden O'Connell is probably the best quarterback in the division. Wisconsin is iffy on their quarterback. Iowa's trying to figure out their quarterback. Tanner Morgan is up and down. Illinois is trying to decide on a quarterback. We know what Helensky is at Northwestern. Nebraska has the opportunity to have the best quarterback in the West Division. And it's almost like we're hesitant to, to lean into the importance of the quarterback being really, really good. He came here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, he left, he and left he, Austin for a reason. And he, he's, not, he's not an All-American. But he might be the quarterback that Nebraska needs for this offense to go in 2022. And I think it's okay to say out loud, man, it's important that Casey Thompson plays well for Nebraska. That, that the quarterback position is settled, and you don't have to worry about that. And there's going to be three to four games this season where the quarterback's got to win you a game. I always like to say, Schmitty, who is the guy at the end of the shot clock's got the ball in his hands? The well, score. In, foot, in football, we don't have a shot clock. But we have a guy that touches the football in every single possession. It's okay to say, man, we need Casey Thompson to be good. Mm. And he's had a good kind of quiet spring. Trust me, watch his interaction today with his teammates. People are drawn to him. The way he gets in and out of things. I mean, this is Nebraska may have found a guy that cures some of their ails and is able to settle a position where you don't necessarily have to worry about it, and you can start to focus on other things. And that's why I say, lean in. He, he's a guy that is important, and it's okay to say that out loud. Great point on that, because what – and listen, it's been no secret. You've had teams like Iowa and Wisconsin that, that have gone far, had really good seasons the last yeah. five, six years – without incredible quarterback play, without NFL quarterback play. And how have they done it? Well, through running the football and defense. So those are probably the only two teams in the West Division where you can honestly say they don't need elite quarterback play at Wisconsin and Iowa to win football games. But there's going to be one or two games a year that they're going to probably not win because their quarterback wasn't able to make a play. Nebraska's not in a position yet where they can go, we don't need elite quarterback play. We've got other things. We can run the ball when we want to. We can stop the run, so on and so forth. But Nebraska needs very, very good quarterback play. And I, and I, I think that's, that's going to be an important role. I don't, uh, you know, 
if, if you have that taken care of, gosh, it alleviates some of the other concerns that you might have. Well, Nebraska's advantage with Adrian, not to go rear view too much, but he was supposed to be that difference maker at quarterback, and, and he did a lot of good. And, you know, he also had a lot on his back. Okay, and Just don't turn the football heavy. over. Yeah. That's all you're asking. Well, don't turn the football over. You're, you're turning it over, and you're not getting a turnover or two disastrous and then you sprinkle in some special teams uh we're going to go around the the table here and uh, a couple of names that we'll be uh smiling about after three o'clock today connor we're going to bring you in bud uh you go first two names and uh two different positions uh tell me who uh connor clark is going to be talking about monday well i think when we listen back to the searles rewind i think he hit it right on the head Good, bad, or ugly, it's going to be Casey Thompson. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm going to be looking at him. I'm going to be seeing what he does uh, on the field and on the sidelines, you know, interactions with players. Mm-hmm. Will he play well? Will he fit into this offense? And, again, I know I don't want to put too much stock into a spring game, but these are all things that I'm going to be looking for. And another player that we've talked about a lot here on this show is Jacquez Yant. I think I'll be looking at him a lot as well. How has he improved over the offseason? How is that disciplinary aspect, say, in the weight room and with his health going to affect his play in a positive or negative way? Because we saw the dude rumble down the field a couple of times at that 250 weight. Now he's dropped 20 of those pounds. Let's see what he can do for this running back room and for this offense. Good good takes. I'm going to go with a couple of names. One's a newcomer, one's old guard, but... Uh... Tommy Hill at quarterback. Uh, Nebraska is having to replace a lot of that, so 75% of the secondary, right? So does uh, does Hill kind of live up to as advertised? I uh, love hearing from him. He's one of the newcomers that's brought some swag, and uh, and Hill's a guy that is uh, real anxious to, you know, kind of plant his flag uh, cr- across from Newsom. How about Ben Hart, Sharpie? Ben Hart's a guy that is – experience that had some ups and downs more downs but he's talented uh you know what what is a spring of of work with uh, a guy like Riola Ben and and listen right now he doesn't have a spot uh because presumably when Corcoran gets healthy he's moving to right you have Teddy once he's healthy he's at left so if Ben Hart's too air quote big to be at guard is he is he the either the swing guard or swing tackle? Excuse me, or is he able to to kind of stabilize? They also brought Schwartz in from Okie State. So, what type of spring does he cap off uh, with with some action today? I think Ben Hart's in a, in an odd position because I don't think they feel comfortable with him at guard. No, they so don't. so it's so. But then Corcoran could be the center. I mean, there's a lot of unknown on the yeah. offensive line. Uh, I, I would go with Tommy Hill. I, I, I like that because I think he's come in and he's grabbed a starting spot. So you've got Newsom and Hill that have already locked down spots. And Tommy Hill is one of those playmakers that Nebraska has at times been void of on the defensive side of the football. On the offensive side, I'll stay on the offensive line. Henry Lutovsky. Okay. He's one of the strongest guys in the program, and he's somebody that Nebraska needs to get over the top to solidify a guard spot. Also, watch Hunter Anthony and Kevin Williams today. Kevin Williams nice. is somebody that is on the radar to take one of those guard spots, the former North Viking, the former Northern Colorado Bear. Keep an eye on Kevin Williams. Watch the offensive line today. They're going to have their way with the defensive line because it's a depleted defensive line, but watch who is at certain positions and how they perform because, remember, there are guys that are fighting for the jobs because when 
Teddy Prohaska comes back, when Turner Corcoran comes back, what does that do to the other three spots? Because those two will be starting. We don't know when they'll be back, but they are two guys that during the course of the season will have spots. So that leaves three that are open, and there's a lot of people that are fighting for those three. Gary Sharp, Connor Clark, Chris Schmidt, Mark Cranach, the weekend edition, the spring game, pregame 2022 uh, podcast will be posted. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Give us a, a thumbs up. Give us a review. Good, bad, or ugly. We'll uh, take the feedback and uh, subscribe to us. Connor, enjoy your football Saturday. Sharpie, you do the same, brother. And uh, back at you Monday at 4 with Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.